Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Welcome to Come to Your Senses, the School of Sensual Living podcast. I'm your host, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through pleasure, mindfulness, embodiment, femininity, beauty, art, and of course, everyday sensuality. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. So our topic du jour is building resilience. So resilience is this ultimate strength. You know, when we look at all great leaders, all strong, confident people, all people who are in positions of high visibility, something that all of them have in common is this great resilience, this ability to tolerate criticism and not be crushed by it, this ability to keep going when massive challenges come into one's sphere. And there's this idea that building resilience is just about toughening up. And in some ways, that's true. But how does toughening up from an emotional, a spiritual, and energetic perspective, how does that actually happen? If you've ever thought to yourself, I need to be less sensitive, I just need to harden up a little bit, this podcast is especially created for you because you may not be able to access that ability to toughen and harden. And in my opinion, that's actually a really good thing because that hardening, while useful in things like a debate or a confrontation sometimes, can also be a way that we deflect vulnerability. And our tolerance for vulnerability is usually directly proportionate to our ability to actually feel and be present and experience the fullness of our life. And so in today's episode, I'm going to share with you my own personal definition of resilience. We're going to talk about resilience in nature as a model for how we move through life and move through our relationships and our triggers. And then I'm going to share with you a few jewels from my pouch, my little velvet pouch 
of wisdom for my own life experience of how I build and develop and help to expand my own capacity for resilience. But first, I want to tell you that next week here on the podcast, I'm going to be debuting a brand new offering. This offering offers really crucial, valuable support at this time. It's actually a service I already offer, but I'm going to be offering it at a special reduced rate for a limited period of time. The first to know about it are going to be subscribers to my email list. And so if you'd like to be on that list, head over to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence. There you'll find a video series all about how to overcome anxiety through grounded, effortlessly confident body language. And when you sign up for that video series, you will also be added to my newsletter list and you'll be the first to know to grab a spot in this brand new offering. So schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence. I can't wait to share it with you. Resilience, the capacity to recover quickly from difficulty. Flexibility, plasticity, durability, strength. These are all synonyms for resilience. As I said before, there's this idea that our strength comes from our ability to toughen up. And in many ways, that's true. And what we're going to study today is how to create that toughness in a way that feels sustainable and approachable, and most importantly, permeable. Because there is a big difference between toughening up and hardening oneself. Toughness comes with a certain pliability comes with this adaptability and a permeability where there's a boundary, but that boundary is not a wall. Hardness, on the other hand, is an impermeable boundary that may keep you safe and protected to a degree on the inside, but it blocks any opportunity for healing and intimacy and connection with anything that's going on in the outside, whether that's a person or an idea or a dream, or a desire. And so when I think about resilience, the first place my mind goes to is the redwood trees in Northern California. If you've never been, it is the most beautiful place I've ever been in the world. I haven't traveled that much, but I've, I've globetrotted a little bit. And I have to say, sunset in Point Reyes National Park is the most moving, most beautiful experience of nature that I've ever had. And in Northern California, there is a park called Muir Woods. And there are these massive, glorious, I don't even have the words to describe them, just the wisdom keepers that are the trees. And what's so beautiful about them is that they have this tremendous rootedness 
and they also have this tremendous height, and they also have a tremendous level of pliability. So if we think of wood, wood is that permeable boundary. It has an exchange with its environment, water, oxygen, insects. There is an interdependence. What is also true about these trees is that they have a tremendous ability to let go and die in service to rebirth. And that's really true of all things in nature. Even things we see as permanent, like a rock, is constantly, consistently being affected by the elements. And its resilience comes not from its ability to fight, but its ability to surrender and become part of the element that it's interdependent with. So if you think of a river running over a rock, gently, gently, gradually removing particles from that rock, those particles then become sand and sediment in the river and go on a different journey. In nature, nothing is lost. And that is a really important thing to remember when cultivating and building resilience, is that resilience demands we see life itself as the ultimate practice. And so we talk about your yoga practice or your piano practice or your spiritual practice or your meditation practice. And what's so genius, you know, we even say it with social distancing, practice social distancing. What's so genius about it is that when you're practicing, there is no way to screw up. When you're practicing, all of your mistakes have value in helping you get better at whatever it is you're practicing. And so that's a really important thing to remember in this journey of cultivating resilience. Another place that I like to look when I want to think about building resilience is in the body. And so if you've ever worked out, if you've ever pumped some dumbbells, like I do almost every day, you know that how your muscles get stronger is this constant cycle of tear and repair. So when you are lifting a dumbbell, that burn that you feel, or when you're doing an ab crunch or a squat or whatever, that burn that you feel is this microscopic tearing of the muscle. And then the blood and the immune system and the lymphatic system all come in and they work their magic and they repair, making that muscle stronger than when you started. And I think that that's really valuable information because what it means is that your system naturally, intuitively knows how to build resilience. It's something that emotionally and energetically we're not usually as skilled at and as practiced with, but that's what we're going to shift today is I'm going to give you some tools, some skills, and some practices, just like you would lifting a weight to help build your energetic ability to tear and repair. So the first tool to practice with is the tool of welcoming sensation. 
So usually when we get triggered or when we are confronted or there's some challenge on our path, our system's impulsive response is one of either fighting, flighting, or freezing, all in an effort to manage and respond to the presence of a threat within your system. And this is exactly what's supposed to happen. You know, this is your body's natural intelligence. However, sometimes when these responses get hyperactivated, we can have a hyper-aroused response. So rather than a healthy fight response, we might end up lashing out. An example of a hyperactivated flight response would be leaving a conversation or a relationship where there's still room for healthy growth and intimacy But because that sensation is so overwhelming, you just have to get out of there. And that can sometimes, not always, but sometimes leave us feeling lonely and isolated and ashamed of our level of sensitivity. And so building resilience is about building our ability to tolerate these sensations and remain in the reality of the moment. And so the simplest tool that I know of for welcoming sensation is awareness and breath. So recently I had an experience of receiving some criticism and I noticed that as I read the criticism, there was this blooming fiery sensation in my heart that then traveled into my belly and My impulse in that moment was to just do whatever I could do to make the sensation go away. But instead, I just laid down on my floor, I breathed, and I noticed. I watched with curiosity rather than criticism. And this is such a vital tool to not allowing those sensations to then become frozen in the body. So something I know to be true for myself is that when I receive something like criticism or confrontation, it usually has very little to do with what's actually happening in the moment. What's being activated is a network of frozen tension from all the times I've received criticism or confrontation, and it was so overwhelming that I didn't know what to do, and so I just shut down and froze that tension right inside my body. And by pausing to welcome those sensations and say, oh, hello, fiery sensation in the heart. Oh, hello, fiery sensation in the belly. It gives the system an opportunity to have its normal, natural response of tear and repair, just like we do with a muscle, to allow that feeling and that sensation to work its way through the tissues and through the nerves, and then to have a new and different experience. And so again, the most simple tool for feeling and welcoming sensation that I know of is to just take the sacred pause, to turn your awareness inward, to breathe into that sensation, not try to alter it, not try to change it, but simply welcome it and say, there is space for you here. The second tool around building resilience is similar to the first. 
every sensation in our body happens in the form of a wave. So I remember a few years ago ending a relationship and conveniently, right after my partner and I had the conversation about ending the relationship, which was extremely painful, I had an appointment for therapy. And I went into therapy and I was crying and feeling a lot of emotion, a lot of sensation. And my therapist and I sat on the floor. She sat facing the wall beside me so that it wasn't this direct eye contact. And we talked and every 45 seconds or so, 90 seconds or so, I would start to cry. And then I would cry and I would cry and it would squeeze in my heart and all my eyes. And and then eventually, after 90 seconds or so of that, my system would settle and there would be a pause. And I would yawn or I'd take a deep breath. And then 90 seconds, two minutes, three minutes later, oh, another wave, big sensation coming in, a pulsing. You know, again, if we look to anything in nature, all things are created from this primordial pulse of death and rebirth, expansion and contraction. And that is also true of our emotional body. And so when welcoming sensation Sometimes it can feel like, oh God, this is so overwhelming. I just, I can't know that what you're experiencing is not a straight line. It is a wave. And where you are in that moment when the sensation feels really activated is usually in the crest of the wave. And then the wave eventually will settle and will fall and you will plateau. And then maybe another wave of sensation will come. But just know that this experience of welcoming and feeling sensation is not a linear, permanent experience and that it will change. Little disclaimer is that if you're dealing with something like a panic attack and the sensation is just continuing to amplify and intensify, that is a different kind of scenario. And that's a scenario where I would really recommend getting help by calling for support, calling your mental health professional etc, etc. The third tool is something I like to call option C. So when we are in a place where we are feeling activated or triggered, usually what the mind will do is present us information in a binary. So I can either stay or leave. I'm either a roaring success or I'm a piece of shit. And in those moments, if you notice your mind speaking in those binaries, a really useful thing is to say, I wonder if there's an option C. Instead of option A or B being the only options, I wonder if there's an option C. I remember once hearing Elizabeth Gilbert talk about when you're in a place in life where you don't like where you are, but you don't know where to go next, but a really useful prayer is just simply not this. (laughs) And I have used that prayer many, many times, and it has always helped me bring another option to the surface 
and to bring that healthy, regulated self on board. The final tool in welcoming sensation, building resilience, is a really simple mantra, which is, I can do this. In those moments where we feel triggered or defeated, again, the impulse is to push whatever is happening away, even if that means we freeze it into our tissues for the rest of time. And a way to welcome sensation, to welcome what is happening, and to build your ability to stay in. Like that is what resilience really is, is the ability to stay in what is happening and not leave through these deflective mechanisms is to simply repeat to yourself, I can do this. Whatever this is, I can do this. I am capable of this. And sometimes a mantra can feel like just borrowing a thought, and that's fine. That's helpful. But what's also happening beneath the surface is that when we present a thought like, I can do this, that thought then calls upon resources in our body that may not be available when we're in a state of being triggered or when we're in that binary of A and B. It kind of naturally diverts our attention towards option C. I can do this. So my hope, my friends, is that these tools and these opportunities to practice help you in not just choosing the middle path, which is the path of resilience, but being able to access the middle path. So once again, when we're activated or triggered or feeling fearful, a lot of times the only options on the table are options for escape. And by using these strategies of welcoming sensation, riding that wave, curiosity over criticism, affirming that you can do this, my prayer is that it helps open a path between those two binaries that leads you to greater resilience, greater strength, greater vulnerability, greater availability to be of service to one another, and greater openness to the beauty that is your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. You can head over to schoolofsensualliving.com slash review and drop a review anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And I will see you next week with an exciting reveal of a brand new offering. Ciao. For coaching, classes, and community in sensual living, head over to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free video workshop in how to overcome anxiety and feel confident in almost any situation through the skill and power of your body language. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com confidence to start your journey today.